0: Amen. appreciate all the work that the choir does uh, to have that ministry and uh, songs inevitably go right along with, with the message and uh, no exception here this morning. It's a wonderful song. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28. I wasn't crazy about that drone footage It showed how big my bald spot is, man. You can kind of live in denial about that, you know, because like with the mirror like, you know, it's on, you don't really put the mirror up here, but that drone looks like a landing pad for the drone, you know, it's like pfft. Man. I forgive you though, Dexter. <laughs> you say, why do you jump in the river when there's still ice chunks there? I have no idea. And every year I say, I'm not going to do that again, but it's like peer pressure, you know. No, it's fun, it's fun. You jump in there, yell, and uh, create a memory, I guess. I got in there, and I was trying to get out real fast, and I turned around, I bumped right into Louie. He was still coming in the other direction. I was like, get out of my way, man! I'm trying to get out of here. He had like the frozen scream on his face when I saw him there. Uh, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And uh, we're still pursuing our theme. Let's say the theme uh, together: "Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might." And it has been uh, a very impactful uh, theme in my life already this year, and just seeing how practical um, it is. And uh, if you look at uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. It says, and Jesus came and spake unto them. Now one of the reasons why this is such a notable verse is because really we have the last thoughts of Jesus here to to his followers before he was going to to physically leave them. And so, you know, when you you have these last thoughts of Jesus, you really want to take note of those because you're thinking, okay, this was his heart right here. It's almost like he was saying, if, if you If you forget everything else I've told you, remember this, because this is the mission. This is the mission. And, you know, it's one thing to have a mission, but uh, it's another thing to be equipped for the mission. Right? And, you know, I mean, if you... uh, if you send, you know, if you send a battalion out there and you're saying, you know, we want you to, uh, to take this terrain. We want you, this is your particular mission. This is what you want to get done. But you don't give them any of the equipment to get that done and, and they're, they're ill they're fitted for it. Well, then it's not really fair. It's unreasonable to put them in that situation. You're setting them up for failure and to lose, right? Um, and that would be a shameful thing. We you know Jesus never does that. Jesus doesn't, doesn't say, you know, go do this without also being faithful to fully equip us and ultimately really even to do it for us. And if you look at this here, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, before he even reiterates the mission to him, look what he says here. All, what's the next word? Power. power. <laughs> Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now we might think, well, yeah, certainly in heaven. I mean, we think of the heavenlies, and and uh, we think of you know maybe all the things that we can't see that are going on, and all the spiritual battle. And we're glad that there's power there. But what Jesus is saying is, you know, I I understand that I'm leaving you guys on earth. I'm empathetic to the fact that you as my followers. You're still staying in this old broken place, in this old fallen realm. (laughs) But let me tell you, even though it seems like I'm leaving you, I retain all power. All power in heaven and in earth is held by Jesus Christ. And that's a wonderful thought right there, because then he goes on to say this Go ye therefore. In other words, in light of the fact that I have all power and in light of the fact that I am the one that is sending you, go based upon that truth right there. Now that is just about as big of a a truth as as I could give you here today. Because you have a mission and Jesus has been clear with us as to what that mission is. And He's also been clear with us that He is, it has all the power that is necessary for us to accomplish that mission. And uh, so we're going to look at it a little bit more closely uh, here this morning. Let's pray the Lord will help us with that. Dear Lord, let's pray that uh, as we speak on uh, the power that You have uh, at Your disposal and You have put on our behalf for us to be successful in, in why You're leaving us here, Lord, I pray that, uh, that we'd be encouraged by this, that we'd be convicted by it, that we'd be motivated by it. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me tell you that if you're a Christian, pretty much everything that the enemy is trying to do is he's trying to undermine your effectiveness for what your mission is. You know, one of my, my hearts since I started having children is to see my children grow up to, to, to honor the Lord. But you know, it, scripturally, it's not so that people can primarily so people can say, look, well, that, that's a good Christian family there. Primarily, that is so that a godly seed would be raised to continue the mission and the vision for, what, for which Jesus let, let, let us here for. Do I want to have a strong marriage? Yes, by God's grace, I want to have a strong marriage. But do you know what the devil realizes? The devil realizes that if he can, if he can get in that, that thing right there, what he's really doing is he's he's, he's weakening, he's weakening the effectiveness of a gospel pitcher. Do you realize that, 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 that that's one of the things that that God set up as being a pitcher of the gospel? Of having the 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 bride and the groom, and that within that that marriage, there's there's a there's a picture of that union. And what does the devil want to do? He wants to 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 you know to uh, to totally destroy, to totally short circuit the effectiveness of that teamwork of that picture for the gospel's sake, and everything. You know, I'm just giving you a couple illustrations there, but. Everything within the, 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 the sphere of your Christian life, it's not an end unto itself. It's not just, you know, we, learned, we heard some great preaching at the, uh, at the men's retreat. And there was one message that was very pointed to us as men in an, in an area in which many you know, men struggle and have besetting sin. But the rest of the messages showed us that it wasn't just so that we could you know, get that taken care of. But it was was so that we could get that taken care of, to get that from standing in the way for us to be effectiveness, for us to be victorious, for us to have the power that Jesus wants to course through us to be effective as ambassadors for him. To, To be powerful for the gospel's sake. What does the devil want? He wants us to be hamstrung all the time, right? He wants us to be weakened. He wants us to be depleted. He wants us to be cut off from the power source. And, uh, and so look, everything that's going on in your Christian life right now, it really, it all plays into the mission. It's like training for the military. I mean, it may seem kind of foolish, to, and I, I've never been through the, the training, so I'm just kind of, you know, conjecture things maybe I've heard. But to put on all this gear and to, you know, to, to, to run around in it or whatever. I mean, unto that, uh, that ends unto itself if you're thinking, uh, what am I, you know, am I just trying to, Am I just trying to uh, get my endurance up so that I'm able to carry all this gear and all, all kinds of conditions? It's just about me having better endurance? No. It's about for when the mission is at hand. Right. All that training comes to bear and all that equipment comes to bear in order to, for that ground to be gained. In order for the mission to be accomplished. You see. And so whatever it is that God is doing in your life to to equip you, to work in your life, to to bring things about in your life. As you're convicted, you make decisions and uh, you let God transform your life. It's not just so that you can be a better person, quote unquote. It's so that you can be equipped to fulfill the mission. It's all about the mission. For which Jesus left us here. And, uh, you know, the times when, when, I, when I've sensed that God was helping me the most specifically and directly was at times when I knew that I was, it, I was, I was on a mission right then. I, there was a campaign going on. There was something in particular that God had called me to do for the gospel's sake and I was right in the midst of it. Um, I remember one time when I went down uh, to, to, to Argentina to preach and, and uh, I thought I was going to be preaching, I think it was six times. Well, it ended up while I was there. That I, that I had to preach 14 times, which would I, it would probably be no big deal if it was in in English, you know, because I have a lot of messages I could just go to that I have notes in my Bible and so on. But when it's in your second language, and when I'm talking second language, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking English and then Spanish is right there. I'm talking no second language, okay? I'm talking like, you know. <laughs> um, and so, but every... And I'm not trying to be sensational this morning, but the times when I've spoken the best Spanish is when I was preaching the gospel. And I just remember there was a series of messages there and, and uh, an illustration the preacher gave at the, uh, at the men's retreat. It resonated with me because it was so similar to what I've been through. Where I, I just went and I was like, Lord, every time I would just go and say, Lord, I cannot do this. Lord, you brought me down here into a, a place that's you know, it's totally different. It smells different here. The people look different. I had to speak a different language. And they're all here waiting for me to start. You know, they're looking at me like, okay, what are you going to do now? And uh, I just like, Lord, please help me. Please help me. Because this is for the gospel's sake. And the times, you know, when I found myself in those situations, I cried out to them. Because Jesus, look, nobody has a greater vested interest in the gospel than the Lord. Are we burdened? Yes, we are as Christians. And, and do we have a zeal for it? God brings that about in our life. But nobody has more of a zeal to reach souls than, than the Lord Jesus Christ. What's he looking for? He's looking for people that believe he has all the power and that put themselves at his disposal and say, Lord, I'm going to be a part of this mission. Lord, you look at me, I'm all feeble and stuttering and I don't think I can do it, Lord, but it is an all-important mission that you call me to. And I believe in your power to do it. And I remember once I was in Honduras, and uh, they were supposed to be meeting inside, and it was you know just kind of an auditorium, not that much different than this, well lit and everything, and everyone was supposed. To... Well, it was so successful the the campaign that we did to invite people, they couldn't fit everybody inside. And I was due to preach that night, and I had to go outside, and uh, and so everybody, it was dark out there, and there was one light, and it was over me. And it was just all these people that I couldn't even really see them. And that was when I first started realizing, the first time I remember uh, realizing that I needed reading glasses, which I can't find mine again this morning here. I said I was going to super glue them to my hand and I, and, uh, I didn't do that. So, um, But anyways, I was there and I, and, and, and I was trying to see my notes. and I could see them fine in the auditorium, but it was dim out there. And in dim lighting, I struggle now and I was trying to see my notes. I'm, I'm preaching in Spanish. I couldn't really see the people. So it was kind of weird. I just knew there was a lot of them. And I was like, again, I was just thinking, Lord, you've got to do this. I, I, you know, I just desperately wanted to be effective for him, but I knew it had to be all of him. And I'm just saying to you that, that, that Jesus said, look, I'm, I'm leaving you to teach all nations. I'm leaving you to carry on this mission for the gospel. And just always remember that I am the power source for you to do that. And uh, that thought is, 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 is a powerful thing. I thought of, you know, when the boys were younger, we had different size vans. We started out with a minivan. Then, uh, then, we, went to, uh, then we went to a 12 passenger van. We had a, a few of those uh, because we couldn't all fit in a minivan. And we've dri- driven to a lot of places, you know, over the years. And one of the, the beaten tracks was to one grandparents or the other. And I thought about, you know, me driving and having the boys there in the, in the back and just, uh, you know, going these different places. Sometimes it was kind of flat ground. Uh, sometimes there was, we hit these, there was one uh, set of r- railroad tracks where they would all, they would, they would sense that these railroad ra- tracks were coming. When we hit the railroad tracks, you know, the suspension was kind of like, and so uh, we hit those railroad tracks and they all go, hello, and put their hands up and then they put them back that's just what we do, okay? You don't have to do that, but uh, uh, that was our little tradition there. And then, you know, there'll be times we drive through the dark and, and uh, you know, I could kind of sense behind me that they were still awake and, and we're going down a big hill. And I was wondering, what's going through their little minds? You know, what's the, what are they thinking? And, uh, well, I, I, I assumed that probably they really weren't that worried about it one way or the other. Maybe once in a while. I think they were more worried about my driving now than they were back then. Uh, but, uh, you know, they would, uh, they would just, uh, you know, we'd go around a big corner. Sometimes I'd hear, hear them make a noise like, whoa, or something like that. But for the most part, what were they doing? Down the big hills, around the corners, through the woods, through the dark spaces. They were just trusting, you know, that dad, dad would get us there. Dad would get us there. It's as simple as that. And life it does have a lot of twists and turns to it, doesn't it? It does have some valleys, it has some dark spots. It has some situations that we get into and we're thinking, what on earth? <laughs> I wasn't expecting this in my life right now. But you know, we've got to remember through all that, Jesus has all the power. And he has full control of the situation. And nothing surprises him. Like a big old main pothole that sometimes I manage to hit with all four tires, you know, somehow. Um, nothing surprises him. <laughs> We had a lot of potholes there yesterday, didn't we, Terry? He's laughing. <laughs> See, a, when you're driving, it's kind of like you absorb it better. When you're the passenger, you're like, Ugh, uh, uh, you know, there was uh, 20 miles of potholes coming out of the woods there yesterday. But, you know, look, hey, it's not like, uh, it's not like Jesus is there in the passenger seat kind of encouraging us and you can do it and you, you know, hey, look, he, he's got it all in control. We can, we can trust him through all those situations, you know, and to, 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 to navigate where we can. And so it says here, Jesus came and spoke unto them. And he's speaking to you today as well. You know, through preaching, that's what God is doing. He's, he's bringing you the truth. And he's saying, all power is given unto me, Christian. It is. Go ye there, uh, uh, therefore in light of that fact. And do what? And teach all nations. Wherever you find yourself, you know, whatever people group you find yourself, And, uh, hey, Maine enough is is a challenge right there, isn't it? We're kind of a different breed up here in Maine. And, uh, but, but, you know, hey, the gospel works in Maine. Do you believe that? I was hoping to get at least one amen out of that right there. The gospel is still effective. Jesus' power is still effective in Maine, just like it is anywhere. And, uh, and, And he sees the need. And He knows what contacts you have. And He knows how He wants to use you. And He's gifted us all in different ways. you know. And and it isn't about us having to be a duplicate of another person. It's to say, look I am hearing the message individually. Jesus is telling me. He's speaking to me. And He's saying, you know, you (laughs) Terry Miller, you know, you uh, Cindy, you Whoever your name is. And, I, and, 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 if, and if I say someone's name, you know, maybe they don't want, to, they want their name said here this morning. But uh, whatever your name is, Jesus is saying, all power is given unto me and I'm there on your behalf. Will you trust me in that on the mission? And would you go in light of that fact and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, seeing them immersed <laughs> by the power of God into Jesus Christ? Seeing them immerse into the fullness of what Jesus provides to them. And then, and then even following the... You know, it's always a strange thing when you think of it. When we come here, we fill this tank up behind us here. We open the curtains, you know. Uh, we see the painting, that ding tooling painted on there years ago. And, and then we have somebody come down in there and they, they agree to, to, you know, to be... I mean, I just put it like in, in what it just looks like to a person who would just walk in here. To agree to be dunked down to the water and brought back up. I mean... Humanly speaking, that's kind of an odd thing, right? But when you think of the fact of what that represents, what that's a a picture of. Look, you know why I didn't do that with, with confidence and energy every time? Because Jesus said, this is what I'm leaving you to do. Jesus said, this is going to be a meaningful thing in a person's life. When they realize what they have through Jesus, when they've been saved, when they agree to do that picture of identifying with the the life, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you don't have to be sheepish about that. You don't have to be apologetic about it. You don't have to be, well, I know this is kind of weird, but we're going to do it anyways. (laughs) You can be like, this is the way Jesus set it up. This is great. This is wonderful. This has eternal implications. This is what we do here uh, because we believe you know, that, that Jesus, uh, the complete resources of Jesus' power is behind that. And uh, I'm not talking about just the, the water. I'm talking about the, the, whole, the whole gospel picture and what that represents. And so it is a, it's a great thing that, that, that we're a part of. Look, I don't hesitate in preaching. But it's not because I get you know, some sort of adrenaline rush or dopamine hit out of preaching. It's because... When I'm preaching, I'm confident of the fact that God has given me a message to give. I'm confident of the fact that the power of Jesus Christ is behind this message. I'm not going to be timid about it. I'm not going to be apologetic about it. And it's not because the preacher is brash or cocky. It's because this is the message that everybody needs. Everybody needs the good news. Everybody needs help in being, as Christians... All of us need help in being a better uh, vessel and pitcher for what, what God can use for the gospel's sake. Right. So what are we doing? We're preaching so people can their lives can become more into the conformity of Jesus Christ. So the mission can get taken care of. That's what it's about. And so when I when I when I preach, I can do that boldly. I can do that un- un- unapologetically. And you can say, well, yeah, you're the pastor. That's why. But here's the thing. As you know, in a, in, in a certain sense. The Bible talks about all of us being preachers as Christians. Do you realize that your life is supposed to be speaking as a witness for the Lord? And then when God gives you opportunity that you are to to give a, a truth related to that to people that, that can point into the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, look, however, God wants to use you in the way that he made you for the gospel's sake. Don't be apologetic about that. Don't be timid about that because all power is given to the one who gave you that mission. You got to remember that. Hey, look, when we're talking about be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, it's not just like so that I can think of myself as being really strong. You know, uh, I'm a really strong Christian, I'm a really powerful Christian, I'm a great Christian. Okay, well, so what? What does that mean exactly? Well, what it's supposed to mean is we are powerful and victorious as Christians through everything that life throws at us. Why? Because we're keeping an eye on the ball. We're realizing that there's a mission here. We're realizing ultimately it's about the gospel's sake. And we're not going to let the enemy get in and hinder that mission by God's grace. We're going to, through the power of Jesus Christ, we're going to stick committed to that mission. And however God wants to shape me and form me and work in my life, to make me a stronger Christian, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It's because I want to be effective for the gospel's sake. at whatever time God leaves me here in order to get it done. Hey, you know, what have you done? And uh, in, 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 if you've been a part of a church family for many years, what's been your role in that? And have you seen that as the gospel cause? Because whatever it is, look, you know, if, if it's the choir, if it's the nursery, if it's junior church, if it's uh, um, working on the building, whatever your role is within the local church, if you're not thinking of it as for the gospel cause and for the gospel sake, you're missing the point. And ultimately, you know what's going to happen to that? It's going to go through the fire and it's going to burn up, the Bible says, like wood, hay and stubble. That's what's going to happen. If we don't keep our eye on the ball, if we don't have the right motives, if we're not investing for the right thing. You know, if Brother Johnny is thinking, I'm going to get that choir to sound really good here so that, you know, I can kind of be known as a good choir director that can whip them into shape. Good luck with that. Now, whip them into shape and and get them sounding really good because, you know, I've got to build a, 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 a name for myself as a choir director. Look, he can get them to sound great up here. It can be a great message. It can be a melodious sound. But all those efforts are going to go they're just going to be burned up. But if, if, if Brother Johnny looks at that and says, you know, I want to serve these people. We want to work together as teammates so we can, like you did this morning, by the way, uh, there, was a, there was a clear message. The empty cross, the empty tomb, what that represents. That came across clear to me. I was rejoicing in that. I was thinking of the gospel during that. And, uh, and so, look, hey, if, if the motives were right in that, then that was the power of Jesus and that's something that's enduring right there. Now you can translate that to whatever you do in the church. Whatever you do. Don't look at it as an isolated function unto itself. Always look at it because this is what's going to give you joy to endure in that thing. Always look at it as this is for the glory of God. For God to use these tools and these gifts to reach others of the Lord Jesus Christ. I got a great uh, joy. Of, uh, uh, I was at the, the uh, walk and talking to one of them. This is one of the reasons why I like doing things like this, like we just did uh, when we went to the Piston Farm. We're just having a chance to just talk to the guys and connect with them, you know, and hear what's going on in their hearts. And, and one of the men shared with me that, that God has given him a gift in a certain area in his life. And he, he just wants to use that to serve the Lord. He just wants to use that to serve the Lord. And, when, and, it's, and it's something you know, to do with the hands, just being able to, to, to accomplish something. And some people might look at that and they say, well, that's nothing to do with the church. That's nothing spiritual there. Unto itself, it isn't anything spiritual. But when it's done as a heart to serve the Lord and to, and to use as an open door to reach into people's lives, to bring glory to God and to share the gospel, then it is spiritual. You understand? The power of Jesus will be behind that in a unique way. And... Uh, and so we can proceed with, with conviction and confidence into whatever God has, has called us to. And, you know, I, it, my, my, my conviction and confidence as a preacher doesn't come from the way that, that, that I perceive you responding to it. Even though you seem like a pretty attentive crowd this morning, I do appreciate that. But that's not what it's based on. You know, my conviction and my confidence as a preacher is based upon the fact that this is, the, this is what God has called me to do within the body, in order to, to promote the cause of the gospel. And I want to be enthusiastic in that. I want to be heartfelt in that. And I want to, I want to do my best for the Lord, uh, through His grace, uh, for that. And uh, we think of uh, different... Uh, and, and it says there, look, Jesus said, "...all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost." teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Now think about that. The all-powerful one is with you as you accomplish the mission. And so you're teaching somebody to observe all things. Well, you know, um, some of you are teachers in the class here in church. Some of you are teaching by example in your life. Some of you may come alongside another brother and say, Hey, you know, could could I give you an honest word that I think will help you right now in in, in a certain issue? Can I teach you, maybe, we're going to put in these terms, but can I give you a word that maybe would help you to observe something that the Lord has has taught us? Now, as we're doing this, it should always be about the bigger cause. It shouldn't be just so we can get our own way. You know, it shouldn't be so that we we can get people to see things the way we see them. It shouldn't be so we can win an argument. It should always be Look, what are we trying to do together? What are we trying to accomplish? What am I doing as a Christian to obey the Lord, trusting that His power is behind it, and not only that, but trusting that He is with me always, (laughs) even to the end of this mission. He's there the whole way with us. We can trust that, and we can proceed uh, according to that truth. That changes everything, doesn't it? That changes everything. When you think about the fact that that, that, that Jesus... uh, His power is there. And you know, he doesn't say this. He doesn't say, I have all power, and with that power, I'm always going to make things go exactly the way you want it to go, and so because of that, go serve me. He doesn't say that. Think about Ananias, uh, Mishael, and Azariah, otherwise known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? The heat was on literally there, right? They, they, they were standing for God. They believed God was true. They, 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 had, they had a mission to stand for Him no matter what. They weren't going to bow the knee to any other God or any other, you know. Uh, and, and, and so well, when it came right down to it, and they said, well, you don't, and you're going to be thrown into the furnace. They said, they said, the reason why we're not going to, they didn't say because we know God is going to save us from that flame. They didn't say that. They said the reason why we're not going to bow the knee there. Nebuchadnezzar, is because our God is able to deliver us. He has the power. We are convinced he is the all-powerful one who is able to deliver us if he so, so, so wants to. And uh, look, I mean, uh, if, if Nebuchadnezzar's son or daughter was thrown into that fire, could Nebuchadnezzar save them? He thought he was all-powerful there, right? But he couldn't save them. And now they, they didn't know the end of the story. But think about what God did there. They were thrown into that furnace. And it's kind of like they were thrown in there. They just kind of stood there, you know, having a conversation about, hey, is this, do you feel anything? Uh, is your, you know, your clothes burning at all? Is it, does it feel, you know, are you, are, you, uh, are you in pain? And then all of a sudden it was recognized that someone else was standing there with them. One as the son of man, it says. Jesus was identifying with them in that situation like he wouldn't have if they didn't trust the fact that he was able, he had the power had to do that. They never would have experienced that. They never would have seen him in such a real way. And uh, they didn't do it because God had promised with my power, I'm always going to make everything cheerio and happy for you. He said, look, with my power, I'm going to work for the gospel's sake and I'm going to w- be with you through all of those things. I'm going to be with you. And... Uh, and, and so that's the promise that, 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 that we have today. I mentioned uh, reading the, the, the story of Elizabeth Elliot called Made for Our Journey. It was about her as a missionary before she really got to the Elka Indians. And, uh, and she, three things taught her this lesson. The first thing was there was a, there was a lady who got sick in the, in the tribe that they were trying to reach. And she was thinking, if God cures this lady, that's going to be great because it will show everybody the power of God. And, and then a whole bunch of people will turn to God. Well, they went to try to help the lady and the lady died. And then she'd been doing this translation work and and it was really hard until she got a person who knew all the languages that were involved in this translation work. And that was big time. He knew their language. He knew the Spanish language and he knew he knew the language of the Colorados, as they were called there in in Ecuador. And uh, and so that was a it was a wonderful gift and it was going great. Until this guy had a dispute with the the, the neighbor uh, over a banana patch and the neighbor killed him. (laughs) And Elizabeth was like, Lord, you know, I mean, I'm trying to work for you here. This translation is for the gospel. This guy was helping. What are you doing? (laughs) How can you let this guy be killed like this? That was the second thing. And then thirdly, after God brought somebody else to, to help them and they worked and worked and worked on this translation... They're, they're, they they saved you know how they saved it they didn't save it you know they didn't have a flash drive or a hard drive or any of that stuff they were just putting papers in a new, in a in a in a uh, suitcase putting putting papers in a suitcase somebody stole the suitcase because they thought you know they came in and they thought oh there must be some something really good in this suitcase here. and they and they took the suitcase and with all of that work for months and months and months just tedious labor for this translation work and it was just gone. It was gone. She was praying, Lord, you see this person. You know, Lord, just burn, convict their heart. You know, help them every time they touch the suitcase to, to, to feel pain and guilt and just to bring that suitcase back. to But they never did. They never did. Now think about how she had learned to trust God. When something much more severe than any of those things happened, I mean, as it affected her and her husband was killed by the Alka Indians. If she had not been convinced at that point about the mission, about the power of Jesus and about having to trust him through all of those things. She surely would have quit at that point. But God had used all these things to bring about implicit trust that God wasn't saying. God wasn't saying if you if you if you're carrying out the mission, look, if you're a good worker for me. all oh, everything is always going to look great the way that you'd want it to be. Instead, it was all power is given unto me because I have all power. Trust me and keep moving ahead. Go ye therefore in light of that. And when we're doing that, we can trust the fact that, that God has so many things going on that we would never be able to process it all. We'd never be able to orchestrate it all. He sees all the pictures, you know. He sees all the puzzle. He sees every piece where it's supposed to go. We're still taking that one piece that we think should go in that spot. You ever done that before? That, that puzzle piece, you know, it looks it's got to go here. And you're like cramming it in and it just doesn't fit. And I know this goes here, right? And, and in the meantime, you're like mangling that, that piece because, you know, you're thinking they made some sort of mistake on the puzzle. But it didn't go there. There was another piece that was supposed to go there. Look, God never, God knows all of those pieces. And when we're thinking this has to go here, this has to be the one, God saying, hey, look, look, would you just, I know how it's supposed to work. And in the end, he builds something beautiful for his kingdom's sake in people's lives and for the gospel's sake, that we never could orchestrate on our own, but that He wants to use us in the process of. He, 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 wants, to, he wants for us to trust Him to, to the greatest thing that we can do in our life. The definition of success is to go before the all-powerful Jesus who left us with a mission, who said, I'll be with you the whole way in that, and then for at the end of that, for Him to say, well done, what? Good and faithful servant. And a faithful servant of Jesus never loses the joy of remembering what they're a part of. And they never, they never ultimately, you know, it doesn't mean that we don't have hard times. It doesn't mean we don't go through valleys. It doesn't mean that we don't feel, you know, uh, um, uh, we don't feel beat down at times. We don't feel discouraged. But through all those things, we bring our thoughts back to this truth. And we're empowered by the powerful one. We're strong in the Lord and the power of His might because we're not strong in ourselves. And we're certainly not strong in these circumstances. And, and, and the, we're getting our eyes off of what our cause is. And we're zooming in on these things that, that are just going to distract us from, the, from, from keeping our eye on the mission. And, uh, and so, um, you know, Moses, he gave his excuses, right? I'm a nobody. Well, yeah, Moses, but Jesus died for you. <laughs> Right. Uh, he said, I don't have all the answers. Jesus is the answer, Moses. You know, Jehovah is. I'll face opposition, he said. Yes, you'll face opposition. Jesus faced opposition. He understands. And, uh, and, he, and he'll help you with that. He'll, he'll give you a power on your behalf. I don't have talent. Well, Jesus has all The resources that you'll need for whatever situation he puts you in. And uh, and so, um, you know, the Lord exposed in Moses, ultimately, don't miss this. Ultimately, the Lord exposed in Moses that he just wanted God to have someone else do it and not him. That's what he exposed in him. That's never going to get us off the hook because God doesn't want anyone else to do what he's called you to do. The role that he has you to play, that's for you and Jesus to work through. And ultimately, nobody else. Will some other people encourage you sometimes? Yeah. Will preaching help you? Yes. Will, uh, will somebody say thank you sometimes? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but ultimately, you've got to work it out you and Jesus, the all-powerful one. And the mission that God has given you, how He's equipped you, and how you're gonna to choose to be faithful to that. Um, and there's no other life uh, like it. In 1 Corinthians 1, it says, But we preach Christ crucified. Christ, the power of God, that no flesh should glory in his presence. And that's what, how it all works, is because you know, when you let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, it's not just that they can say, Wow, that person's really. Uh, religious and that person's really good and, and, and I'm really impressed with them it's ultimately so you can say the glory goes to God he's working in my life so that I can be a part of the mission he's with me in that he's given me power for that and, uh, and praise him that I get to, to be a part of the gospel cause Christian you are meant to be a part of the gospel cause the theme is great but you got to realize that the theme is meant to be more than just a theme it's meant to be a part of our everyday lives and what we're put here to accomplish. And so the, the, the theme kind of takes a turn here. <laughs> it kind of comes to a crossroads. What are you going to do with the truth of the fact that we can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might when it comes to the mission that you've been called to? Are you going to trust him for that? Are you gonna take a track, you know, with you, perhaps, if God lays down your heart and be and be bold to say, hey, this this, this changed my life, maybe to do the same for you? Are you gonna speak up, you know, when an opportunity comes to somebody else that they see that you're serving the Lord, just say, Well, you know, it's my privilege to serve Jesus because he gave his life for me. God will give you the words to say. If it's not for the gospel cause, Christian, we're missing the whole thing. Because the only eternal things, look, this building isn't eternal. You know, the the the, uh, um, uh, the the things that we buy aren't eternal. The, the world's definitions of success usually is everything but eternal. The only eternal thing is ultimately God's Word and the souls that we impact from day to day. And that's ultimately what it's all about. But do you believe that all power is given unto Him? Do you believe that, Christian? And will you respond to that truth today? Let's pray. Lord, I thank